here we go. Why is it wrong? I, I want to talk to the auctioneer. You did talk to the auctioneer and you helped him set these prices. It's completed. It's just the wrong. Benny, Benny. Pills, pills. Chris, uh, what? Chris, I'll call an ambulance. Find the pills and bring them back. Chris is enmeshed in a web of lies. And that's important. I need him to feel like there's only one way out when he's told to commit murder. My name is Darren Brown, and the question we're considering is simple. Can we be manipulated through social pressure to commit murder? 70 people coming in here. They can't see this. Take them by the knees. 70 actors will be playing out a meticulously planned and rehearsed scenario to manipulate this man who has no idea he's being filmed. Come on, guys, what are we gonna do? He's a millionaire, he's gonna make sure you go to jail. This show is about how readily we hand over authorship of our lives every day. Just give him one big push. Can social compliance be used to make someone push a living, breathing human being to their death? Welcome to The Push. Peace be upon you. So what you just listened to was a trailer to a new Netflix original called The Push, and it stars uh, Darren Brown. For those who aren't familiar, Darren Brown's a mentalist, and uh, he does these very elaborate performances where he will convince individuals or groups of individuals um, of a certain idea, and the people will think that this idea came from them, that they were acting on their own free will, when realistically he was manipulating the person through word choice, environment, scenarios. And in the uh, original The Push, um, just heads up, this is going to be a major spoiler. If you plan on watching it, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, you can see it on Netflix, um, and maybe you want to watch it and then come back and listen to the podcast. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you don't care, just continue listening. So in the premise of the push, the objective was to see, could he convince an individual through a series of events to voluntarily commit murder and push someone off the top of a building? And it was such a fascinating uh, social experiment to see just how susceptible individuals are. And one of the, and the follies of most of us is that we watch something like that and we think, this guy, what an idiot. Why would he do that? I would never do that. And the second we do that, we become targets because the reality is, yeah, we might not be able to go all the way in and commit murder, but are we willing to go 10%, 20%, 70% of our moral integrity to do something that we know consciously is not right because of the environment, the situation? Um, and this was a perfect depiction of just how suggestible, just how likely it is that under the right circumstances, we could turn back on God's message, turn back on our moral compass, and do something that we know deep down is not right, because at the moment we felt like there was no other option. And this is something that's pivotal to humankind. The reason we're here is because we were in paradise and the devil tempted us with an idea, and we opted in for that idea. And we think Darren Brown, is he's phenomenal. He's uh, probably one of the world's greatest uh practitioners of understanding of human psyche, the devil is a thousand times exponentially more advanced in his tactics on how he can create situations and scenarios to send us astray. And this is his sole duty is to send the believers astray, to send as many people as he possibly can to hell. And it's not something that we take lightly. And we see this in the example, the very first example of Adam and Eve. We think that it was just this one conversation that Adam and Eve, after you know being in paradise, they approached the tree, they ate from it, and then they fell. 
But he had literally, God knows how many years, how much time he had to plan and uh, uh, strategically set up a situation where he could build rapport, earn the trust of Adam and Eve. So when he makes the move for the kill, for the checkmate, by making them approach the tree and making them think that this was their idea and it was a good idea, um, that he had them. He, he was able to win and show that these people did not deserve to be in paradise. And God gave us a major blessing. Despite this, despite our mistake of falling into the trap of Satan, God gave us another chance, a chance to redeem ourselves in this world. Now, the purpose of this world is to show, do we believe in God unconditionally, without any uh, involvement, direct involvement of God? And are we devoted to God absolutely under all circumstances? God tells us that the uh, in 29.3, he says, We have tested those before them, for God must distinguish those who are truthful, and he must expose the liars. So every single human being, if we live to adulthood, we're going to be tested to show, do we believe in God or not? Are we just performing lip service or not? Because anyone can say, yeah, I believe in God, but it's meaningless. We have to be put to the test. In 3.154, reads, God thus puts you to the test to bring out your true convictions and to test what is in your hearts. So what the devil does is he goes out of his way, does every single thing he can to mislead us, to entice us. In 4, 119, it says, I will mislead them, I will entice them, I will com- uh, command them to forbid the eating of certain meats by marking the ears of livestock. I will command them to distort the creation of God. Anyone who accepts the devil as a Lord instead of God has incurred a profound loss. He promises them and entices them. What the devil promises is no more than an illusion. His sole job in this world is to try to convince people to step away from their moral compass, step away from righteousness, to turn back on God. And that's his sole duty. And it's something that we do not take lightly. Our guard has to continuously be up to realize the decisions we're making. Are we being manipulated? Are we giving away, eroding, chipping away at our moral integrity in order to justify actions that we know deep down are not right? In 717, it says, I will come to them from before them and from behind them and from the right and from the left. And you'll find that most of them are unappreciative. And God is telling Satan, says, you may entice them with your voice and mobilize all your forces and all your men against them and share in their money and children and promise them anything the devil promises them is no more than an illusion. So this is what the devil does. His sole duty is to try to send us astray. And the believers are top on his list to make them fall, to make them fall into sin, to make them step out of God's kingdom. And he employs his constituents to help him do the job. Just like in the uh, performance, Darren Brown was never physically in the uh, space. He wasn't the one who was uh, uh, telling the, you know, trying to uh, suggest that a guy to, to commit such an act. He had individuals working on his behalf that he was coordinating, that he was inspiring in order to carry through with the action, to create such an environment, such a situation, such a um, uh, interaction for this person to think that his only option, that the best option was to commit murder. And in 7202, it says the, their brethren ceaselessly t- entice them to go astray. And you think of this, when you say that you believe in God, when you tell the world, you declare it that, hey, I believe in God, I worship God alone, I do my contact prayers, and all of a sudden, it's as if a flare went up, and you become uh, the number one on individual's targets. Uh, we might be targeted for ridicule, we might be targeted for uh, persecution, uh, all of a sudden people start treating us differently, and this is to test us, to see, 
are we willing, despite what the appearances seem like, are we willing to stick with God? Are we willing to uphold God's laws despite the uh, the quote-unquote consequences? And the reason I use the term loosely is because this is just an illusion. Just like that individual who believed that, hey, they had to chip away at their moral integrity because this was what was expected of them, the devil tries to do the same thing with us, and we don't have to chip away. We have to realize that, look, we're being tested this is just uh, to show, do we truly believe in God? And if we're successful, God is going to reward us. God gives us the example in 29.10. It says, among the people, there are those who say we believe in God. But as soon as they suffer any hardship because of God, they equate the people's persecution with God's retribution. So in this situation, these are people who declared, I believe in God. And immediately they're being persecuted because of it. And you think in the modern day, what if you lose friends? What if you lose acquaintances? People start talking behind your back. They stop inviting you out. They start uh, stop inviting you to parties, gatherings, get-togethers, or hell, let's say you're at work and people start uh, sabotaging or attempting to sabotage your career. Does that mean that you're going to revert on your religion, that you're no longer going to do your contact prayers, you're no longer going to believe in God? Because if you do, then it shows our true convictions. It shows that we didn't really believe in God. In 3.154, it says, God thus puts you to the test to bring out your true convictions and to test what is in your hearts. That is the purpose of this world, is to bring out our true convictions. Because we saw in an earlier podcast, God already knows who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. The purpose of this world is for us to see for ourselves why we made the decisions we made. Just like this individual after the, the Netflix original aired, he could watch it and see, what was I thinking? Why did I give in? Why did I do this? Why did I allow them to do this to me? And God is giving us this opportunity in this world to come to that realization. And it goes to show just how dangerous of a thing uh, social pressure is. One of the awesome uh, you guys might have seen this. There was a number of these uh, social experiments on uh, YouTube, but they also did it in the, uh, the the push episode. They were showing how they selected individuals uh, to be a participant in this performance. So people said, hey, they're auditioning to be on the next Darren Brown uh, show, and they didn't really know what was being done. And what Darren Brown was looking for was just how suggestible, just how agreeable individuals were. So what he did is he had the people who were auditioning to to participate to come into a room and what it was, there was three actors sitting on chairs and they were filling out forms. And each time a bell would ring, they would stand and a bell would ring. They would sit and they would do this correspondingly. And then one by one, they would bring in people auditioning for the show to see would they go with the crowd? Would they stand and sit correspondingly with the bell ring despite it serving no purpose whatsoever? And sure enough, they found they were able to fill all the seats with individuals who were uh, standing and sitting as the bell was ringing. Then they removed the actors and still... These people were standing and sitting when the bell would go off, uh, and they didn't know why. And this is something, it's, it's comical, it's, it's funny, but imagine if that was something else. Imagine it was a mob mentality. You just finished you know, the uh, major, uh, major sporting event, Super Bowl, World Series, whatever, uh, finals, NBA, and then all of a sudden you see someone's you know, shaking a car. Someone else is throwing a rock. Someone else is, you know, uh, 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 sexually, you know, grabbing some other uh, female. Do you participate in this mob mentality? Let's say you don't go all the way to that extreme, but maybe you just start yelling. Maybe you just start uh, provoking other peoples to go further and further. And this is what happens. This is the reason social pressure could be so devastating because all of a sudden 
our tendencies for not, not wanting to break that norm become greater than our moral compass. And God gives us numerous examples in the Quran where people were severely shaken up uh, and they almost, almost lost sight of uh, reality. They almost lost sight of uh, God's uh, blessings. Uh, the first example is with the prophet himself. In uh, 1773, it says, They almost diverted you from the revelations we have given you. They wanted you to fabricate something else in order to consider you a friend. So you see, they're using social pressure. They're saying, look, you know, we want to be friends with you. We don't like the revelations you're getting. Can you produce something else? And it continues in 1774. It says, if we're not that we strengthened you, you almost leaned them, uh, lean towards them just a little bit. Had you done that, we would have doubled the retribution for you in this life and after that. And you would have found no one to help you against us. They almost banished you from the land to get rid of you so they could revert as soon as you left. This has been consistently the case with all the messengers that we sent before you. You'll find that our system never changes. So you see, first they're trying to use social pressure in the sense that like, hey, you know, we want to be friends with you. Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, advocating righteousness? Why are you advocating worship of God alone? And when then that doesn't work, the second step is they try to banish you. They want you out of the town. They don't want to be reminded of God's message. And if it wasn't that God strengthened the heart of the uh, the messenger, he would have leaned towards them just a little bit. And that's all it takes. You have one um, hairline fracture and the uh, devil's going to get a, uh, a chisel and just keep chiseling away at that. That before you know it, you're no longer in God's kingdom. And you think how difficult it is uh, to be able to break social pressure. And we see an example of this with Abraham. So Abraham was a youth. And you think, if you ask the people of that community, are you willing to burn an innocent human being, a child, because they opposed your religion, your God? I would think most of them would probably say no. But you put them into a rage, a fiery fury, where you know their, uh, their idols has been destroyed, that they're willing to do such an act. In 2924, it reads, the only response from his people, so this Abraham's people, was there saying, kill him or burn him, but God saved him from the fire. This should be provide lessons for people who believe. He said, you worship beside God powerless idols due to peer pressure, just to preserve some friendship among you in this worldly life. But then on the day of resurrection, you will be, you'll disown one another and curse one another. Your destiny is hell, wherein you cannot help one another. How often, I mean, I, I live in the United States and um, growing up, the uh, Christian youth groups were such a big thing and they made it so hip and so cool. They would have these concerts and events and, you know, all these things, tapioca night. And as a youth, you want to participate. You want to be a part of that. You like that sense of community. But is it worth your soul? Is it worth your soul to buy into some absolute disgusting belief that God had a physical manifestation of a son? That God literally had a begotten son. What does that even mean? God gave birth? I mean, it's absurd. But people are willing, and I've talked to so many people that they're willing to believe this lie, to turn back on God, God's true message, because they want to preserve those friendships. Because they don't want to disappoint those people that they're going to school with. Uh, they don't want them to, to feel like an outlier. And the devil knows this, and the devil uses this tool to send people further and further astray. And one of the communities, one of the worst communities that ever existed on this planet is Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And people think that it's just because of the homosexuality. That's just one element of it. These people, just to give you perspective, they committed highway robbery, meaning in the sense that someone was traveling, a Bedouin is some sort of merchant, that they would go and they would literally go and kill them and take their possessions. And we saw an example of this when the angels came to Lot. What was the people's response? They literally wanted to kill and rape these people. This is how they treated the traveling alien. This is how they treated the, the, the lower castes of society. This is the reason Sodom and Gomorrah was so bad. But you think about the strength it took to be Lot, to be Lot's family, to say, despite this circumstance, he's going to continuously try to remind these people to be righteous to the point that he's willing to offer his own daughters in marriage to these people so they would stop committing such acts. But they wouldn't. They said, you know full well, we have no need for these. You know exactly what they wanted. And that's what it takes to be a submitter. It's that despite what the, uh, the, 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 the majority of the people are telling you, that you're willing to stick with God's message. When God tells us what is righteous, what is unrighteous, what is lawful, what's sinful, that that's the, the, the guidelines we use. We don't let pop culture dictate to us what's right and what's wrong. And you see this continuously. We watch, uh, I played a, the Ben Shapiro clip about how Hollywood hypnotizes the masses that all of a sudden they think, you know, having a, a, a sex outside of a, a marriage, adultery, uh, that this is acceptable behavior. Uh, having a single mother, that this is something to be uh, 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 praised as opposed to something to be uh, frowned upon, uh, that divorce is good. You know, these kind of messages that they're trying to drill into society, you know, homosexuality, uh, just this uh, continuous uh, uh, lust aspect, um, adultery, all these things that they try to make acceptable, foul language. Um, we have to stand above that. We have to stick with what God says, irrespective what society tells us, irrespective what our friends, uh, communities um, are uh, advocating. Because our our only hope, our only thing that we aim for is to please God, not just these friendships. And what's awesome is if you do that, God rewards you in this world and in the hereafter. We saw another example with uh, Joseph. So Joseph was so good looking. <laughs> So absolutely good looking that women were throwing themselves at him. And yet, despite that, despite wanting to give into that urge, he fought it. Uh, he said that, in essence, that it was better to go to prison than to give into these people's schemes. And you think about how much um, willpower, how much a belief someone has to have to be tempted by something that's part of our nature to wanting to, to reproduce, to wanting to, to conduct such an act. But realizing that it's unrighteous behavior and saying, I would much prefer to be in prison than to give into this lust. And that's what it takes, you know, to be in God's kingdom is that we're willing to, to give everything away in order to not give one ounce of our moral integrity to maintain righteousness at all costs. And the, the reality is, if you do that, if you give away just 1%, just 1% of your moral integrity, 1% of your righteousness, you conduct 1% more sins. All we're doing is we're opening up the door to the devil and evil invites sin. We see this in the example when the believers went to battle in 3155 says, surely those among you who turn back the day the two armies clash have been duped by the devil. This reflects some of the evil works they had been committed. God has pardoned them. God is forgiver, clement, that despite this, God pardoned them. But when we commit evil, when we 
consciously make the decision saying, yes, I want to commit sin. All we're doing is we're opening up the, uh, the uh, door to the devil to allow him to get further and further into our psyche, to chip away at more and more of our righteousness. And God tells us in 6.132, says, everyone will attain a rank commensurate with their deeds. Your Lord is never unaware of anything you do. Meaning that whatever good deeds we do, it's going to be perfectly proportional to the rank we have with God. And the closer we are with God, the, the more we have in righteousness, the more joy and happiness we're going to have in this world and in the hereafter. And that's the reason that God tells us the most important garment, more important than any uh, jacket, suit, tie, tuxedo, uh, dress, gown, whatever, the most important garment is righteousness. In 726, says, O children of Adam, we have provided you with garments to cover your bodies as well as for luxury. But the best garment is the garment of righteousness. These are some of God's signs that uh, they may take heed. And 49.13 says, O people, we have created you from the same male and female and rendered you distinct peoples and tribes that you may recognize one another. The best among you in the sight of God is the most righteous. God is omniscient, cognizant. So next time you're in a uh, scenario, you know, and the, the, it's, it's interesting. The more intense the scenario, the easier it is for uh, Satan to manipulate us, to uh, have us uh, think that we're behaving in our own best interest uh, by turning back on God, um, just like he did for uh, Adam and Eve. If we want to avoid that, we need to keep our guard up. We need to always calibrate against what God says in the Quran uh, to make sure, and if, I mean, just follow your heart. Our heart instinctively knows what's right and what's wrong. And if we're doing that in the sense we're always trying to look things and judge our lives, our actions through a neutral party in the sense where we're not going to be biased by our uh, behaviors at the moment, by our circumstances, by our peers, uh, to be able to say, if I saw someone else do this, would I think that this is a good thing or bad? And if we can do that, if we can maintain moral integrity, if we can maintain righteousness, we'll be blessed both in this world and in the hereafter. So God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments, questions, hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.